Welcome to another episode of Istanbul Was Once Unicorn Stantinople. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, are the best people on the planet, Jenna and the Alexes, both Anonymous and Alpha. How is everybody this week? I was fine, and then I heard that even old New York was once New Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm not even, like, at this point, I kind of blacked out during that title. I don't even know if I said it right. I, I feel like you I did. blacked out during that title. <laughs> there, there was a lot. Like I thought I was having a stroke for a minute. <laughs> uh, that was, I, I, I flew too close to the sun on that one. <laughs> too close to the corner sun. Too close to the corner sun. The unicorner sun. Yeah, oh, what a wonderful segue. <laughs> Jenna sounds like me trying to get my players back on track to the plot. <laughs> <laughs> so, for our our final unicorn episode, we decided to watch what is probably the most unicorn of all things, in my opinion, the last unicorn. I, have y'all had y'all watched this movie before? Oh yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the answer. This was my first time watching it. Oh no! Oh. Yeah. Were you yeah. not prepared for how much of a bummer it is? <laughs> <laughs> so I there was honestly the thing that stands out to me most, other than the fact that I knew who a lot of the people were who did the voices. That kind of surprised me. Was how badly I wanted to punch that little butterfly in the face. Oh, the the, the guy that was <laughs> singing weirdly anachronistic songs. Yes. And I'm like, what is happening? Why? Oh, it was infuriating. Um, the, you, you know that Jeff Bridges was the romantic interest, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, di- I didn't mm-hmm. until it, it started and I saw the credits and I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I we lived in a world... Where Jeff Bridges was the young princely love interest <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> and I don't know what that means for what timeline we're in. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it is a thing worth merit. Mm-hmm. So before we get too deep into uh, what what happened in the last unicorn why don't we talk about what happened in the last un- that was a train wreck of a sentence alex why don't you go ahead and recap what happened in it all right i've got this i think <laughs> is that a is that a last unicorn tattoo is it, that it, what you're it's showing it's not me? actually last unicorn it just uses the a similar design because ah. the last unicorn actually uses a traditional um old style design for unicorns instead of just horse with horn um and i keep anytime someone sees it they go is that the last unicorn and i'm like 
<laughs> uh, it's the last unicorn I've had tattooed on me. Um, <laughs> I love how you just turned that into a dad joke. That makes me so happy. You're welcome. I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to fill the void. All right, recap time. Let's go. All right. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the opening, but I'm just. We just got to get through this together, and I'm sorry for this. When the last eagle flies over the last crumbling mountain, we discuss the last unicorn. That's right. We watched the 1982 animated film that follows the ill-fated journey of what we are initially led to believe is the last unicorn in existence, voiced by Mia Farrow. A fact I am saying only now, so that later when I say people who voice acted other things, it's not weird and out of place. This unicorn finds out from two randos riding horses through the woods that she's the last of the unicorns, which, honestly, based on the way they determine that, is probably a good thing, because apparently the unicorns are wreaking havoc on the environment by refusing to let seasons happen. Alas, <laughs> the unicorn does not agree with this assessment and asks a butterfly to explain what happened to her. He bumblebee-style communicates through song snippets and tells her to go to the castle, where the Red Bull is. He rounded up all the unicorns and erased them from existence, and thus starts this journey. There's a time-passing walking montage, I think only to make it so that it doesn't seem like she messed up on day one, because legit, immediately, she gets caught by Angela freaking Lansbury. That's right. I was very excited. I love Angela Kidnapping, she wrote. (laughs) Wish she had. God damn it. Um, She is no Mrs. Potts in this adventure, though. She is a mean witch trickster named Mommy Fortuna, who was an unfortunate... Man, who has an unfortunate circus of mostly sad, fake, abused animals that she magics into looking like mythical creatures. And then inexplicably, she also has a real harpy and now a real unicorn. And also a real magician named Schmendrick, who indeed is a conjurer of cheap tricks. As you can tell from his name, he's a weenie, but his heart is in the right place. And so he tries to use magic in inexplicably daunting ways, like disappearing an entire cage around the unicorn instead of like opening the fucking door with magic. Okay. Anyways, he's going to help the unicorn escape, but his magic sucks, so eventually he just steals some keys, and then the unicorn is free. And she's like, I'm going to let everyone else out of the cages, including the harpy. And everybody's like, that's a terrible idea. Does it anyways. Immediately has to fight this harpy until Mommy Fortuna makes an appearance, and then the harpy straight up murders her. As they predicted. She has a weird energy to it, too. (laughs) She's got a weird energy about being murdered by this harpy. I mean, listen, any creature that I see with, like, three boobs just hanging out in the middle of nowhere, I'd, I'd have that weird energy, too, when I knew they were going to murder me. Also, the, the talking about Schmendrick being, like, a real magician, no, no. He literally opens his arms and goes, hey, magic, you probably want to do something. You should do it now. <laughs> like, that's it. He goes, magic, do as you will every time. All right. Can you imagine having a boss at a job and he just walks into the room with whatever you're doing and go, do as you will, carry on, and walks out and that's all he does? Yes. Yes, I can imagine that. (laughs) I do a podcast with one every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, both of you look at me. Which one am I talking about? I don't know who you're talking about. I just assumed it was neither of us. I was trying to figure out what other podcast. Like, is it Austin or Casey or like what? Yeah. Dude, you and I both know that if Anonymous Alex was a magician, that is exactly how it would go. (laughs) No, no. Do whatever you want, magic. Yeah, she'd just put up her arms and be like, magic, do stuff or whatever. Just whatever should happen. Uh, Shazam. Like, that would be Alex. (laughs) 
I don't know, Magic. It's my first day. Just do something. <laughs> Come on, don't don't I'm make me look here. like a punk here, Magic. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We interrupted the recap. It's it's a okay. Um, things continue on from here. Schmendrick and the unicorn continue to where they find off-brand Robin Hood in the woods, and they straight up kidnap Schmendrick for a second, and then he's like, "But wait, look at my sweet mirage of the real Robin Hood." And then this one, her name is Molly. She straight up runs into the woods after them. Like, please take me with you. She is straight up not having a good time in all of life. So Schmendrick eventually gets away from these guys. He and the unicorn traveling through the woods. They run into angry Molly, who is livid that she is now seeing a unicorn and is like, how dare you show up to me when I'm old and sad? She's like 25. (laughs) She's like 20 fucking five. If she brushed her hair, she'd be like, a child again. It's I anyways. And she's a whole mood. Molly goes off. She's a whole mood. But then she goes off and she's like, it's okay, unicorn. I forgive you. And the unicorn is like, thank you. I'm so glad you forgive me. I'm like, what the fuck did the unicorn do? I don't understand it. Nothing. That's the problem. Fuck all. The unicorn did nothing. Anyways, they decide to continue on to the castle, which is great because Schmendrick doesn't know directions is once again useless. And Molly kind of knows how to get there. As they're approaching it, the giant red bull appears to no one's fucking surprise. Everything they knew about this castle was that there's a giant red bull. So Schmendrick's like, go magic, go. And it turns the unicorn into a human naked albino woman. And they're like, huzzah, the day is saved. That's not true. Only Schmendrick said that. Everyone else was like, this was a shitty thing for the magic to do. Anyways, they get to the castle and then they meet King Haggard, voiced by Christopher Motherfucking Lee, a secret agent of Britain who has literally stabbed people in the war. And he is voicing a terrible king in this film. Anyways, uh, Schmendrick is like, this is Amalthea, my niece or some shit. And King Haggard's like, all right, you can stay in the castle as long as this guy Schmendrick casts minor illusions and juggles. They're like, deal. Great. Sounds awesome. That's when we meet Prince Lear, who is voiced by Jeff Bridges, who is the king's son, and of course, immediately falls in love with Amalthea and begins this quest to murder a bunch of magical creatures to win her affections. Surprisingly, that doesn't work. So after like months of everybody getting increasingly frustrated in various ways, he's like, hey, Molly, how do I make women love me? And Molly's like, did you tell her how you feel? And he's like, I don't think that's the way. (laughs) All right. Uh, then we find out that there's like a timer on this whole thing because the longer that Amalthea stays a human, she'll essentially become human. So like she'll never go back to being a unicorn. And especially she learns about emotions like love and regret, which are the only two that are plot relevant. So those are the only ones we know about. Then there's this bag like pirate cat that just roams the castle and eventually takes a liking to Molly. So he tells her a riddle. That's just the answer. He's like, hey, there's a drunk skeleton that likes wine. And at the proper hour, the door will open. And Molly's like, what could this possibly fucking mean? And the cat's like, I'm a cat. I can't tell you. You just got to figure this out on your own. (laughs) Then there's like a cut scene where King Haggard basically like figures out Amalthea as a unicorn or at least suspects it and then drops like, hey, by the way, Prince Lear isn't my son. I stole him as a baby. And then I realized babies suck. So I just never gave him the love he deserved. Boom, going to capture all the unicorns. They're in the sea below us. And like that plot drop is literally like a two minute scene. Let's get back to the important stuff, I guess. Molly, Amalthea, Schmendrick all meet up in front of this skeleton castle clock door thing. And the skeleton comes to life is clearly a drunk. So they trick him with water. They're like, hey, this is wine. 
And then when they get the skeleton drunk, the skeleton's like, hey, if you walk through this clock, it's a door. And they walk through it into the lair of the Red Bull, which just building-wise doesn't make any sense, but it's fine. Prince Lear follows him through, and that's when he finds out Amalthea is a unicorn. And she's like, but I don't want to be a unicorn. I want to be a human and stay here and fall in love with you and get married and have kids. And he's like, no, I am an adventurer. And then he mansplains why she has to go back to being a unicorn. So then Amalthea gets changed back to her unicorn body. They all make a break for it. They're down on this beach. The bull is hot on their trail. Lear tries to jump in front and defend Amalthea from this bull and gets immediately bulldozed. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that enrages the unicorn who now fights the bull is apparently fine now with fighting it and scares it into backing into the sea where the waves after waves of unicorns crash over it, run onto the beach, are freed back into the lands where they can wreak environmental chaos to their heart's content. And now there is one unicorn who knows regret and does not care about global warming. And also she will learn to love, I guess. And then the moral of the story is something, something youth, something, something you can never go back. And that's this movie. So, all right, Smendrick turns the unicorn into a lady. And then they talk about how the lady, if stays lady, will go crazy and, you know, remain human. Yeah, she'll lose all of her unicorniness. Yeah, she'll lose all her unicorniness. So, Mm -hmm. of course, the first thing that I thought is, how long ago did Scott turn Anonymous Alex into a person from a unicorn. Oh. Because this would explain, like, everything. Yeah. Would it? Oh, it absolutely would. A lot of things, definitely. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's it's just all the, all the clues are there. You used to be a unicorn. So I don't know that I entirely agree with this, but that's mostly because I feel like in the movie the unicorn's kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And I just don't really feel that way about Alice. <laughs> I don't That's know so that I much got... nicer than I thought that explanation <laughs> was going to go. No, I just don't think you're a dick. And I think the unicorn is. <laughs> why Why do you think the unicorn is a dick? I, g- gestures broadly at the whole movie. So, like, here's... <laughs> Here's here's my problem with the unicorn. Now, don't get me wrong, she's beautiful. And she's voiced by Mia Farrow, so she has this lovely lilting voice, which means that the mean shit she says is completely wallpapered over. So, like, Schmendrick is like, hey, look, I'm kind of bumbling and useless, but, like, I want to help you. Like, I really like Schmendrick, so that is also part of it. She's like, well, I don't want you to come with me, but I guess I can't stop you. And it's like, excuse me? Yeah. She's like, I wish you had asked for literally anything other than to hang out with me. Like, it's such mean girl energy, and I don't like it. And, like, every time Schmendrick does anything, she's like, ugh. (laughs) And it's like, why are you so mean? And then, like, when she becomes human, like, any time she eventually falls in love with the prince, sure. But any time he tries to interact with her, she's like, hmm, okay. Bye. I mean, to be fair, most of his interactions with her were, hey, look at the head of this thing I killed for you. I don't disagree <laughs> that he did not, like, he wasn't doing great either. But you asked me for reasons I thought the unicorn was a dick, not reasons why I think the prince had problems. Because here's the thing. There is only, like, one character in this movie that I'm like, no, you're okay. The cat. The cat with the peg leg. The cat. 
two characters. Yeah. yeah, the cat with the peg leg's pretty good. The cat with the peg leg. I mean, there's also, there's the, the, the other mean girl moment is the whole like, but don't you feel bad that you were the direct cause of Mommy Fortuna's death? Oh, and I don't she was feel like, regret. Unicorns don't regret. Yeah, unicorns yeah. don't feel regret. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love that. They, like, I think mm, I, that bitch deserved it. They sort of. I felt, oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. But I, I think I this lilting voice really got me. Like you said. Oh no! <laughs> Just like glaze through all this. They stuff. very much imply that unicorns are legitimately sociopathic. Like mm-hmm. they legit, they like literally imply this, and we're all just supposed to be like, oh, okay. Like, but like, but they say that it's like because they're so pure and stuff. That's not purity. Mm. We're pure Mm-mm. so that we don't feel bad about being the direct cause of someone's death. Is yeah. You want to know how many Disney princesses cry when like the villain falls to their death and stuff? Because like that happened in Tangled. We can all agree Rapunzel's a very pure cinnamon roll. She wasn't about that life. Like. <laughs> The, the the unicorn is like one step away from directly murdering people with her horn and then explaining why it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Wait, you made okay. me do it. Who was the character that you did like in the in the? Okay, movie? so I want to be very clear about something. All right, don't don't get it twisted. I like all the characters in this movie. I think that the movie, like as the characters are for the roles they play, they're great. I love Schmendrick because I love trash garbage children. I think the prince is a very, like, I I think he is a very good, interesting character for the role he portrays. The only character that, like, I'm really like, nah, you're okay. And even then, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "Mm, I mean, kind of, is Molly Grew. Um... And I, I here, here's where I'm at with it. Because thing number one, Molly is the only one who's like, can we all take this down four notches? <laughs> like, yeah. she's the one who's like, hey, Schmendrick, you know how you're not good at stuff? Maybe don't put all our lives in danger doing the stuff you're not good at. Hey, unicorn, <sighs> you need to accept that humans are going to be humans. I know you can't really get it. And it's hard for you, but please understand it. Hey, prince maybe don't do the everything you're doing. Like (laughs) Molly's like walking through. The only thing that Molly does is that I'm a little bit like, "Mm," is she's very clearly in a relationship with like the Robin Hood wannabe and absolutely just ditches him and very clearly like goes off and like is interested at the end of the series, like like story. She seems to be interested in Schmendrick and it's like, did you ever break Mm -hmm. up with the other guy? Did y'all ever have that conversation? Like Did you implied. at least send a text? Like something? She was gone for like six months in a in a stranger's castle. I feel like at that point, like without the technology to like email or whatever, like that's pretty much a breakup. Yeah, Ghosting was so intense back then. Basically assuming death <laughs> at that point. Like, because they literally do, like, try and and push that Molly and this guy are in a relationship. Because as it pans in, you see the little heart with their initials, like, carved into it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very... But the love died. (laughs) What you don't know is that that was one of the trees in Fern Gully, the last rainforest, that that you had to feel its pain. It's also really hard for me because I really enjoy this movie. I also hate this movie. I have so many feelings about this movie all at the same time. Um, 
because it's done by the same animation group that did the animated Hobbit and the animated Return of the King, I keep feeling like there's like like you're gonna in the background see Frodo like accidentally wandering into frame eating a sandwich <laughs> because he didn't realize he's on the wrong set. Like I I keep having those moments and I'm like no that's not that's not this movie Alex and it's just given me a violent urge to watch the animated Return of the King and I can't find it anywhere I can only find the animated oh. Hobbit. Oh I wonder if I. I might still have VHS copies somewhere of those two movies. I I don't know. I could look at the film up to the light, I guess, because <laughs> I don't have a VHS player in the year of our Lord 2023, Tim. <laughs> I love you very much, but you might as well be giving it to me on like old timey projector reels. <laughs> I was just going to say we could put it in a projector and then set up a hamster wheel on one side, put Sprig in it and have a run. Go. To pull the film through. Oh god, that would be so good. But like, I I don't know. I also feel like the movie's really mean to Schmendrick. Like Schmendrick screws yeah. up, sure, but like it feels like the movie act like it feels like the writer wrote Schmendrick to be a guy who was mean to him in like high school so that he could just like bully him back. I have the best news for you in the whole world. Um the Internet Archive does have the full movie of The Return of the King. So I will be sending you that link you right are now. You a treasure and I love you so much. Thank you. When you said that, I was like, you're moving to Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> you're adorable. Oh, you're the best. Thank you, Jenna. That you're is welcome. absolutely what I'm doing after we get off this call. <laughs> nice. So I thought, I thought Smendrick, Smendrick was probably my favorite character. Because he was super relatable to me. When and it it was exactly that moment when he tried to make the 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 cage disappear through magic, and it didn't work. And he's like, "Meh, I guess I'll just pick the lock." And I'm like, "No, I get it, I get it. I'm gonna try the really really grand hard way. It's not gonna work out for me, and then I'll do it the way I probably should have done it right in the beginning." Tim too feels like the universe is actively bullying him at all times for no reason. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, overall, I thought it was, it was, it was fun. It's such a bleak movie. Yeah. Like, um, except for that butterfly. I think I got physically mad listening to that butterfly. I was like, please, please stop doing whatever it is you're doing. He was bumblebeeing it. Like from Transformers. But it didn't even seem to have the coherency that. Like, it didn't even go to that level that Bumblebee would. He is a butterfly, though. <laughs> I keep clicking through, like, stills of Last Unicorn on the IMDb page because I want to remember all of the things that I'm like, oh, and also! <laughs> also, I, I additional note that means nothing, but Schmendrick looks so comfortable. His outfit looks so cozy. Oh, it does. <laughs> it looks so nice. It does. I want it so bad. It must be so wonderful. Like, it must be the most, like, soft, comfortable, like, baggy thing to wear. I don't know. It just, it looks, this is the leggings and, like, t-shirt of fantasy outfits. Hell yeah. Are you going to do a Schmendrick cosplay? Oh, fuck. That's a great idea. You would be so comfy. I'm going to try and be the cat with the peg. (laughs) Oh my! Right. 
that pulls out like saw. Right. <laughs> <laughs> be the drunk skeleton. I'm surprised. You should be the drunk, drunk skeleton. skeleton. That's actually really funny. I'm also surprised that like I haven't ever seen a Mommy Fortuna cosplay because her design is actually amazing. Yeah, with that like headdress thing, that's super cool. It's just a tree. It's, it's a hat with a tree on it's it. It's just a tree. That's it. Like I just that reminds me, I did forget to mention the boob tree in the recap. It's wild like that we have yet to mention. Oh that. my god! Oh my god! How did that one get glazed over? You like blinked it out of your brain, I bet, because it was so yeah. disturbing. I that mean, tree was DCF. Uh. <laughs> So, I love... The, the scene with the tree actually really illustrated my favorite thing about Schmendrick is him delivering the funniest lines in, like, the blankest tone. Oh, God, I'm engaged with Douglas Fir. Is like... It's so <laughs> funny. Because, like, she's sitting here and he's dying. He's like, oh, well, I guess this is happening. And it's like, this is so funny! Oh, oh my god, I'm sorry. I it just proves that Alan Arkin has no. always been that way. Yeah. I, it just proves that he had no direction when he was given these lines <laughs> to record. There's something, though, that's, like, so incredibly hard about the line that the tree gave of, like, I will love you for so long after you are dead that you will be a memory echoed throughout time, and that is what the love of a tree means. That's, like, a hard-as-fuck line that you can't take seriously because she's just rubbing her tree boobs all over someone. <laughs> like, what am I, what is this? It's also the dichotomy of this. It's also being delivered in like a really hard to take serious voice. She's like, I love you. And it's like, um, and she's sitting there like, your bones will be but dust and my feelings will carry through the aeons. And it's like, what the hell is happening? <sighs> the only line I think that surpasses that one, Alex, is the opening line of your recap, which I thought was amazing. It's the perfect tone. The opening line of this very movie, one may say. (laughs) I I forgot that the entire music was America until it started playing. And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, great. I'm back at the concert. Yeah, and that's legit not... Not an exaggeration. That is exactly what she said. And I was like, you you did just read America. Like, I don't... Performed by America. Was, yeah, I was like, that is a level of excitement I neither expected nor understand. I love America. Um, and I did see them in concert. And they played the opening song. And it was so fucking good. Like, I'm the only person in the entire amphitheater that's, like, standing up. Oh, yeah! Fuck yeah! Get it! Everybody else is like... Is she drunk? (laughs) No. Can I tell you what I think of every time I hear the name America, like the band name America? Yeah. There's a line in Hedwig where Tommy Gnosis is meeting Hedwig and Tommy is trying to explain like how big of a rock music fan he is, even though his parents don't like it. And he's like, he loves America, Boston, Kansas. And Hedwig at one point just grabs the neck of his guitar and says, I tire of travel, darling. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I love that so much. And I think of it every time. It's such a good line. But you are mm-hmm. right. It is a raw line that that tree delivers. And it's yeah. so like, like it is, it's like something that you would end like an episode of a fantasy series and like let it fade Absolutely. to black. 
And it's a throwaway line from a titty tree. I think it should have been the final line in the giving tree. (laughs) Oh, that would have been, that would have made that story good. Also, if it had been named the titty tree. (laughs) The titting tree. Uh, I was, I read somewhere. That tree was trying to give. I, I, I read somewhere. I don't know if it's actually true, but it was talking about how the books Rainbow Fish and Giving Tree really upset kids that are found later to be neurodivergent. Did we share this TikTok with each other? We very well might have. Um, I remember reading a thing on it, like, and it was talking about like how the kids that like get horrified by the Giving Tree because like. Most people are like, oh, what a story of love. And like the, the, the kids that are usually later found to be diagnosed neurodivergent in some way are like, what the hell? This is Explain awful. Because so I remember hating that book, even though I would have died for Shel Silverstein as a child. Like I read everything he put out that my parents let me. Um, and The Giving Tree was like, I was like, I'm never looking at this book again. This is the worst. And screw Rainbow Fish. Rainbow <laughs> Fish didn't know anybody anything. Mm-mm. Do I don't damn know, thing. I don't know why that's my take. And then like the unicorn just being like passive aggressive fills me with such rage. I'm like, no, Rainbow Fish shouldn't have done anything. And then like with the unicorn, I'm like, she's so passive aggressive and mean. Like, what is my line? What is... What is the thing that makes me angry? I don't know anymore. My standards are so all over the place. No, no. Hang on. Let me defend you a little bit here. Because the unicorn has the power to do good for others in a way that does not take away from them and chooses not to simply because of who they were born at. Like, it's a classist Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas... The rainbow fish and giving tree were forced by others to give away everything they had until everything that was special and wonderful about them was nothing by the pressure of society on them. And that's that's a completely different kind of like victimizing thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're different scenarios. I appreciate you, Alex. So imagine that you just heard that entire exchange and had never heard the term rainbow fish before and are completely unfamiliar with <laughs> any of that. Me? You've never I'm read like, rainbow I don't know. fish? Do I have no. to really go buy rainbow fish so you can read it? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. And understand I the pain of childhood? I have, through the osmosis of popular culture, got the gist of what happened in The Giving Tree. Rainbow fish is a new one All right. for me. So, so rainbow- you've also never read The Giving Tree? I have not. I have not. I didn't oh, read it till I was in my 20s, so. Oh, my God. So, Rainbow Fish is about a fish with rainbow scales named Rainbow Fish. Um, <laughs> and he's got all these beautiful scales. And all the other fish are like, we want some of your scales. And he goes, no. And then later, he decides to give every single fish one of his scales so that he only has one scale left. There. That's it. That's Rainbow mm-hmm. Fish. I, I know we've mentioned this before, but I really need Alpha Alex to just go everywhere with me and explain everything <laughs> to me <laughs> in that level of detail. Tim is just going to start holding up books and look at me expectantly, <laughs> and it's going to be like war and peace, and I'm like, okay, hold on, let me get a drink. Uh, put on this musical, you'll be fine for half of it-ish. 
But, oh, God. I also, we're talking about raw lines. The, the, the bit with Molly where she's mad at the unicorn... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just at the age where, like, that hits me way too hard. But, like, how okay. dare you appear to me now that I'm this, now that I'm here? I was like, oh, I need to sit down. I so, I need a blankie. <laughs> like, I'm watching that, and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. But I do feel the intensity... T- to which it is happening and it is shocking the level of emotion that is happening right now in this scene so so mythologically (laughs) uh unicorns only appear to pure virginal young girls so molly is like i'm not this is what i am now you you didn't come then why are you here now what's going on there's also like not to get too like serious about this given who we are as people but there's also like sort of this idea that when a woman hits a certain age she sort of expires and Mm -hmm. is not of any use or value um i don't say i agree with it tim i'm just saying that is that is absolutely a societal thing so the idea that you've dreamt your whole life of seeing unicorn you've had all of these dreams and all of these aspirations and then the time that you finally reach them is when you feel like you are too old to be valuable is really profound in a way that I wasn't expecting from this movie, which actually this movie is very deep. There's a lot of like really dark subject matter in this film. Like literally the whole villains ish like issue is that they are incapable of feeling joy and steal any glimpse of emotional light they can find and it causes them to do horrible things and the problem is is that like we've all known someone like that we've all Mm -hmm. known someone who's caused harm because there's just something in them that just can't be kind and can't feel that kind of joy and love and like this so having molly be like you know i'm over the hill and now you show your face i went through all that waiting and all of that time and you're here now like i oh god i need please excuse me as i go just kind of stare into the middle distance for a while i've got i've got a lot of feelings on this so we we had a conversation last night on animorphs anonymous about how there are these these very important topics and there's a very important way to absorb them and i think that alpha alex just displayed the correct important way to absorb that scene and then i my mutant power is to absorb them wrongly (laughs) and the whole time is i am sitting there planning how i can memorize this scene and completely reenact it the first time a unicorn walks past me at dragon con Anything oh my with a horn. Anything oh with a horn. God. I was going to try and do it word for word. And I'm like, hmm. And now I listen to that again. And yet again, it has been pointed out to me. Hmm, maybe I'm missing the bigger picture of of everything in life. Okay. I don't think, I mean, I don't think you're missing every big picture. However, um, if somebody were to Molly Grew every single unicorn that they saw at <laughs> Dragon Con, that person is my fucking hero. And I hope they actually, like, Tim, please do it. 
Because that's okay. hilarious and amazing. Tim, Tim's gonna be Molly Grew. You'll be Schmendrick. It'll be perfect. <gasps> perfect. <laughs> um, also, I just love the idea of Tim walking up to like a Twilight Sparkle fursuit and just like <laughs> launching into this. <laughs> Just like one person dressed as Princess Celestia who has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I can see it now. How dare you? How dare you appear to me? I don't know. Maybe that's why I don't think Molly Grew did much wrong. Because I'm like, I see a lot of me in Molly Grew and I am not a person Molly who did does anything wrong. wrong. She did nothing. I, listen, I realized I came down really hard in the recap. It was for comedic effect. I genuinely think Molly was like the only like super competent, super worldly character in that whole movie. And that's like, not true. We're all Molly Grew and the cat and the cat, Tim and the cat. The cat was okay. But here's the thing about the cat: he was a pirate first of all. <laughs> yeah. Second Which of all, is amazing. Yeah. I'm confused. Yeah, I know. What? No, that was just a great point. I just needed to point oh, okay. out again that he All was right. a pirate. He had well, a peg leg. He was he a had tuxedo a with a peg leg. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he did follow the genuine like reason. Like You don't have an eye patch because you're missing an eye. You have no. an eye patch to change when you're going yeah. below decks. So the light structure. He used the yeah. eye patch correctly for pirate, which was incredible. Mm-hmm. It was just that the cat was so unwilling to bend from him being a cat and yet was so clear. Like... I just, the cat, the reason I don't think he is like a worldly, intelligent character, which he, I guess he is. I guess I'm not saying that he's not worldly or intelligent. I just didn't like his unwillingness to bend from exactly what he was. I love that he said exactly what the solution was to the problem. And then everyone was just like, oh, what a weird riddle. I wonder how to fucking solve this. And he's like, I can't tell you. (laughs) There's nothing to solve. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, I did like it when he just said purr, purr, yes, purr. <laughs> Fucking Don Messick. Yeah, that was pretty delightful. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, God, I want what we we need to like. You guys come down to Virginia, or we all meet at another state, and we watch this movie while drinking. Like that's hell yeah. That sounds delightful. Yeah. Also, uh, the the animation studio that did this again. I'm looking at the stills. I'm I'm thinking back because like I watched all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Everything they always make hands look very wizened. You either have a young so lady hand or the most wizened old man hands, regardless <laughs> of your age. Yeah, that's why. Like I always thought Schmendrick was an old wizard and then every time I watch it I'm like I forget that he's young but it's because like he does so much so much of the animation is focused on what he's doing with his hands that I feel like that's become like more like in my mind his face is like not super clear but I can picture him doing stuff with his hands which are old man hands and I just always I'm like yeah he's old he has like old like gnarly knuckled wizard hands so whenever I see old cartoons I always think about the fact like the voices all change but a lot of characters like look the same to me because they genuinely look the same and so I always assume that it's like the same actor uh, playing different parts even though the voices changed 
I don't know. This is just a weird thing that happens in my head whenever <laughs> Eddie like, Murphy oh. is every yeah. character <laughs> in every animated movie. Um, as soon as I saw Smendrick, I was like, "That's good. That's good." I didn't know Shaggy was was acting at this at this age, but I'm I'm happy for him. Zoinks, Lady Omalthia! Yeah. <laughs> That's a r- 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 red bull. <laughs> I love that like he they came into the castle and they were like this is my niece she's a lady like a like like a like a royal lady like that kind of lady but I am a court jester so you know treat us accordingly I'm I'm, I'm the family embarrassment I yeah. I dropped out of like prince school and to follow my dream of mime I love that Schmendrick's breaking point and his worst day was juggling teacups full of tea. He's like, that's a bridge too far. (laughs) I fucking love that old sorcerer too. The one whose job he fucking absolutely steals. That dude's like, oh, you you want funny boy magic. (laughs) All right, fuck off. Deuces. Yeah. And then just vanishes. And does actual magic. <laughs> I know that there's a... Th- this is based off of a book. I'm, I've am i never read mm-hmm. it, and I feel like there's so much stuff that they expand on in the book. Because, like, they'll allude to stuff, and then it just drops completely. Like, yeah. I don't think... Th- there was a lot with the harpy, and I feel like there had to have been more with the harpy. There was a lot with the magician that Schmendrick took his job, and, like, th- there has to be more there. But I don't want. I, I'm worried the book's going to be depressing. You guys, the movie's so depressing. Oh, absolutely, it is. The uh, the live action version of this, in which I play that old magician who just vanishes. <laughs> it's going to be that thing where I lift up a blanket in front of me, like right when I'm leaving, and then I just throw the blanket and I run away out of the room, <laughs> and the blanket drops, and I'm not there anymore. And I walk up and say. There are those who call him Tim. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what do we have for unicorn news? I have great news. Great news for... Hey, who here is fans of The Sims? They have confirmed that in their horse ranch expansion, there will be unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I thought that okay. this would make everybody happy. Not just one unicorn. First of all, let's go back to the horse pack ranch expansion. There are more than 30 breeds of horses, including Arabian, uh, Barb, Frisian, Mustang. There's coat colors, patterns, mane, forelock, feathers, blah, 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 blah. And the personality traits and shit. Uh, there, let me go to all the colors of these unicorns. There's white, black, gold, silver, and a couple shades of pink and rainbow. So, like, they're not skimping on you getting one unicorn. There's many, many unicorns you can have in The Sims now. And I just thought this would bring joy to everybody. Hell yeah. Uh, it seemed to bring intense joy to Alpha Alex, who did turn into one of those inflatable, wacky, wacky arm guys. inflatable arm too. Yes, that you see in front of used car dealerships. So I think you have brought joy today. That's all I wanted. I was like, one of these people will be into The Sims. <laughs> one out of four people. One out of four people are Look, into The Sims. I am basic, and I have never said otherwise. 
I didn't know if it would be you. I didn't like, I didn't pick who would be into the Sims. I just like hedged my bets that somebody here would be into the Sims. Tim secretly. Yes. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't even be surprised. I'd be like, of course. Tim loves his little house people. My little house people. <laughs> little house people. Um, there's just so much that happens in that game, you guys. Uh, if you haven't ever seen it, there's a YouTube video of a guy reading Sims 3 patch notes. Find it, or I'll find okay. it and I'll send it to you guys, uh, because I want to make sure you get the right one, because it killed me. I am a, <laughs> simply an apparition that walks this earth, because that video <laughs> ended me. Oh, no. Well, after that fun unicorn news, so since this is our last unicorn episode, we're not going to do a unicorn quiz. Yeah. Jenna has brought us something different for this one i sure have that's right um quiz based on this time this is um 1980s animated films fantastic yeah tim's excited for this because he's got a leg up on us (laughs) oh yeah she she just called me an old for anybody yeah that's what it is i've (laughs) i've never seen media so I don't think this is an ageist thing. Including the 1986 animated Transformers movie? I have not, Tim. I've I actually haven't seen, seen that, that either. Movie. The only thing what? I know is that there's a song called Dare to be Stupid in it. That's all It's a I Weird Al song. It's amazing. <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge other than I believe there are robots and also cars. <laughs> I've gotten like a lot of TikToks talking about like lines from that, like I'm being held in contempt of court and that's fair because I have much contempt for this court or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Some yes. amazing lines in like yeah. the most <laughs> unexpected of places. <laughs> for that is the love of a tree. God, that's such a fucking hard line. That's like some shit that I would see at the end of like a Dimension 20 campaign that like Brennan Lee Mulligan would say it. And I'd be like, damn, he thought that one through. Nope, he stole that from the last fucking unicorn. (laughs) Brennan Lee Mulligan, who is secretly a huge fan of this podcast, goes, damn it, she's on to me. Listen, I have a dream. Alex, have I told you about my dream? My, My weird bird dream? Let me delay this quiz for a while to talk about my weird bird dream. Okay, so I am very clearly a bird nerd. I was legitimately licensed in bird rehabilitation in the state of Illinois for many years of my life. I did it for a long time. I have a lot of bird facts. I've given a lot of bird presentations. I have more recently than that been invited into this TTRPG space where I'm learning about playing games and stuff. Then I come in and find out there's this other guy who everybody's like, he knows all these facts about birds. And I'm like, oh, cool, sounds great. That motherfucker couldn't even identify a greater sage grouse, which is a very common grouse that he should know about. If it was a prairie chicken, I might have said, yeah, that's a little obscure. I live in Wisconsin. I know that. Well, close to Wisconsin. I know that one. Okay. Anyways, I digress. I need to fight him about bird facts. Oh, no. Not physically. I need to be put in head-to-head competition about bird facts because I will become dominant in this competition. It must happen. This is my dream. I'm like, I listen, am I good at TTRPG games? Probably not. I'm a fucking idiot. Do I know bird facts? Yes, I do. And I will dominate. So you are the yin to his yang is what you're saying. I don't, like, I don't, I don't think so. Cause I think that would be someone who no, knew nothing about birds. No, if he knows little birds, lot 
TTRPG, and you know oh, little TTRPG. Oh. See, but the thing is, he's claimed the title of being the one that knows all the bird facts, and that is simply incorrect. <laughs> Alex about to start Twitter beef. Do it. <laughs> I wish she would. Can't even just... identify a grouse. He couldn't, and everybody, this is the other thing, as soon as that video became popular, every single person in my contacts list sent me that video. I've seen that video <laughs> 200 fucking times, and every time, I'm enraged. He didn't even know a spoonbill. Do you know how you identify a spoonbill? It's Bill fucking looks like a looks spoon. Looks like a fucking spoon. Looks like a fucking like spoon. A... <sighs> there is nothing that brings me more joy than when I hang out with you guys, and I've learned that there are things that one can be passionate about that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> I did not There's know. an entire society. There's an entire society, Alex. I didn't know that bird identification beef was a thing. I knew bird watchers were a thing. Oh, it's a huge thing. I knew that that was a thing. I just didn't know that it was like rap West Coast versus East Coast levels of beef. <laughs> I just think... A man can't go around saying he is the king of bird facts when he can't even identify. There's there's not that many grouse that are native. To I this can area. identify every bird I see. I, it's a no, bird. Yeah, yeah. This is the same thing I said, and they said that logic didn't hold up. So clearly, I've I've never been wrong okay. identifying a bird. Okay, Trial Tim. by bird combat. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. If I release a ruby-crowned kinglet in your bedroom and then an ostrich, I think you might have a fucking problem with one of those two. Probably both of them. I'd be like, damn, there are two birds in here. There's supposed to be none birds in here. <laughs> See, I've never walked into a room and thought there should be none birds in here. <laughs> See, Tim, the benefit is, is that you know Josh, and Josh had to wrangle ostriches. So you have the leg up on that resource. Hold on. Was there context to this? Did I ever tell you that Josh like spent time on an ostrich farm growing up? No. And one time like... the ostriches escaped. <laughs> I feel like I've discussed this with Josh, but I feel like perhaps this was a conversation between us. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe you guys never heard that story. If you no. had not given me context, I would have just assumed that his parental figure just dropped him in a field and said don't come home till you bring me an ostrich listen some of our parents do weird shit like that like like take the jacket off of our backs to grab a sandhill crane and then put it in our lap when we're six years old wait i think i did that on late starters oh i did something really close to that the ratata you did yeah i did i I used my shirt to catch pokemon yeah um that was yeah I mean, that's not terribly dissimilar to how we got Sprig, so clearly that works. (laughs) I just assume that that's only because you threw a Pokeball at that poor little cat. Yeah, (laughs) it didn't work. She was like, meh. (laughs) (laughs) It popped right back out. Yeah, Josh is so excited because one of our pet names for her is Sprigatito. Heckin' cute. He's so happy because he picked Sprigatito. Okay. Quiz. 80s animated movies. Got it. Yes. All right. Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Great. Um, All right. Movie number one is a 1985 American animated fantasy film directed by Bernard 
fucking never say this name right. Darius, 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 Darius. I don't remember. I'm and, under duress. And Kimmy Oyabuki. 1985. Nope, I'm going to need more than that. Yeah. 1985 doesn't narrow it down enough for me. All right. The film was produced by DIC Enterprises Incorporated. That's right, Dick Enterprises. And Hallmark Cards. And was released in the United States on November 15th, 1985 by Warner Bros. If this is, you know... The Transformers movie Bible. came out in 86. What'd you say? Five. He's, he's, no. I'm just but saying. It, it's a. Fievel, I don't think, counts as a fantasy movie. It feels pretty fantastical. Isn't it about a mouse who's a human? It, it's. No, it's about Not a, a human. mouse who is and like who emigrates to. Yeah, America. like a human. I feel like that's that feels fancy. Anthropomorphic. Okay, give me another clue. Okay. It is the only film to feature the greeting card character or a a greeting card character. Rainbow Bright. Also, fuck. Rainbow Bright was a greeting card character? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I'm not even sure I know what Rainbow Bright Worship is. me! <laughs> <laughs> feeling good. Feeling fine, you guys. You got this. You got this. All right. Are you ready for movie number two? Yes. Maybe, maybe, maybe yes. Maybe, maybe you are. Yes. Let's see. Movie number two is a 1986 American animated musical adventure film directed by Don Bluth and written by Judy Freudberg and Fievel? Tony Dice. <laughs> is it Fievel? <laughs> you are going to have to give me a real, the, the real name of this movie. Is this the Fievel Goes West Goes. sequel? Damn it. Or 1986. This, okay, so this is the... I, I was about to say Fievel Pig in the City, and I know that that's not correct. <laughs> um, God, it, it, if I... It's Fievel something the something. American Adventure? Yeah, it, it, it's... Oh, God, what? The name Fievel does not even appear in the title of this film. I've actually never seen Fievel. I just kind of went with a name that I know. Oh man, I probably saw Fievel eight billion in times. Nineteen eighty-six. Oh, I know I his know. name I is Fievel Mouskowitz. Yep. But I don't. I it just, don't. Is, it's like the American Tale or something like uh, that. Like it's, yeah, an yeah. American Tale. American yeah. Tale. Fievel yeah. Goes West is the sequel. Wait, is it American Tale? Like, just an called American an American tale. tale? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Alex. Is get... it spelled A-I-L or A-L-E? A-I-L. Yeah. Alex gets that point, not me, because Alex, I don't Alex, think deduced, I should. Alex deduced that faster than I did. <laughs> Alex just repeated words Alex had heard in a sequence before, and <laughs> we, I, I didn't we, earn that. Can we, can we ban the Alex third person talk? Because it's very confusing to the rest of us. <laughs> Oh man. Anonymous gets that point. I hard <laughs> hard line. Anonymous figured that out before I, I don't, did. 
I didn't figure. This is the thing. Nope, you you nope. keep saying I get that point because I figured out. I figured nothing out. I, I just, just said the name of the the name of the protagonist. That's it. That's all I did. Yep. It is. It is anonymous. Alex's point. Yeah. The second you say Don Bluth, it's like all right. <laughs> I, the second you said Don Bluth, I thought Dragon's Lair. I thought and that that's I was, all I could I think almost of. Almost picked Dragon Slayer, but then I didn't. So I thought we were back. Okay, all right. Um, are you ready for? Is it we're back? Uh, no. Okay. I love that movie. It's not. As Jenna scrambles for another third. <laughs> no, it, it, oh, no, it's really not out. But I did pick a fourth movie that was like a bonus, just in case we had an even split. And it was We're Back Dinosaurs. Back. <laughs> oh, man. This All is distressing, right. considering I answered the first one, Fievel, and I'm now asking. This <laughs> You're is just distressing. run ahead on every one of them. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so this is an American animated feature film series and media franchise created by Judy Freudberg and Tony Geis and distributed by Universal Pictures. Mm-mm. I need more than that. The series began in 1988 and was directed and produced by Don Bluth. The Land Before Time. Yes, Tim. You, oh, you see, you see how we have that even split that I was so worried about? <laughs> and now we don't have a bonus movie. I don't know. I feel like... You know what? You know what? Take take a minute. Pick a, pick a bonus movie. And then we'll we'll do it real quick. But and then Alpha is... Alex will beat us to it. Between you and Anonymous Alex, you picked my two bonus movies already. <laughs> I think you should Google or like just decide Google or decide your preference on the next movie. But don't give us any hints and let us all just say one and see who gets it right. <laughs> oh shit, that sounds really good. We should do that. I'm gonna accidentally start slipping into into '90s movies. I know, I know. Yeah. I, I've got Titan AE stuck in my stuck in my head, and I'm like, that's wrong. God, that was like 2001. That was a great was it really? fucking movie. Yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah, I think Titan AE was like in the aughts. Oh, I, I've I, got an amazing one that you guys are never gonna get. Okay, hell yeah! I'm the only person that I know who's ever seen this, and so it's probably gonna be Tim. June 16, 2000 was when Titan A came out. Sorry, oh, I had to look okay. at it. It was fucking a great movie. Okay. Are we just guessing? Yeah. Or are we, we going to get clues? You can guess, and then and then I'll give you clues if you um are just in nowhere. Swan Princess. Okay. No. Heavy Metal. No. This is kids' okay. movies. Come on. <laughs> Anasta- no, Anastasia was 90s. Um... <laughs> The Adventurers? No, I almost picked it. Okay, all right. The Rescuers. Yeah, Rescuers. That's what I was trying to... Those are the words I was aiming for. Jenna knew what I was trying to get at. Okay, let's get some clues. All Dogs Go to Heaven. No. Damn, that was a good guess, though. The lesser-known sequel, Some Dogs Go to Hell. (laughs) (laughs) Because at least one dog did. Two dogs. Car face was such a funny joke that I did not get as a child. Okay. 
What are cool your, World? Fern Gullies? Is Fern Gullies 80s or 90s? No, Cool World was in the 90s. It's Who Framed Roger Rabbit was in the 80s. Yeah. Did you guys hear how I just went so letter Kenny there for a second? <laughs> no. Yeah. What did you say? Was Fern Gullies in the 80s and the 90s? Like, <laughs> just... It's hard wow. to say Fern Gully without sounding like very letter Kenny. Sushis and sashimis. I did, I did go sushis and sashimis. <laughs> Okay, clues. All right. This is a 1985 animated fantasy film produced in France by DIC Enterprises. Not The Little Prince. It's not The Little Prince. No. Is it? Brotherhood of the Wolf. No. I hope it's like some super obscure, like, Un Petit Cheval. I don't think that it's super obscure, but it could be because, again, I have no idea if there's anybody else in the world who's seen this. Uh, also, uh, talking about French animated movies, uh, The Monster in Paris is on, like, I think Netflix, and it's actually very lovely. It's a cute, it's a great little movie. So is Claws, uh, which is Claws another is animated amazing. movie. And that I've movie makes that. me openly weep. I'm distracting myself. I am my own worst enemy. Um, (laughs) It's not the Swan Princess. Okay, give me another clue. All right, it was also directed by Bernard... Yep, that name I can't pronounce. And adapted by Woody Kling from John Peterson's series of books that I'm not going to tell you the title of. And also based on the ABC television show of the same name. Dungeons and Dragons? No. One series of events unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) What was that sound? What was that noise? What is it? Let's see. ABC television show. Oh, give me another clue. All right. This movie follows the adventures of a young boy who meets a family of miniature people that live in his home. The Borrowers. No. Oh, that was a good guess. That was a very good guess. Oh, that was a good guess. Arietti? Isn't it like Secret War? Okay. Nope. Damn. Wow. I think I remember this. The Littles? Was it The Littles? Tiny homies. Tiny. <laughs> tiny, the, tiny pony the littles, homies. The Littles was the TV show, right? The, yep. I remember The Littles. That is a deep cut, Jenna. I don't remember there being a movie about The Littles, though. It's yeah. Me. Was it like, mm, mm, were they mice? Were they, were the Littles N- mice? They not, were kind of mice. Not really. They had tails. Yeah. God, I mean, damn, I mean that is a. Deep cut. I mean, it's kind of Tim because that's most of the title. The Littles Take Manhattan. <laughs> Adventures of the what Littles. If they did, it's a very sitcom e name. Meet the Littles. Everybody loves the Littles. <laughs> <laughs> the Littles, but every letter of Littles has like a colored dot in between each letter. that's 90s come on growing pains the littles growing pains the littles who's the boss the littles (laughs) the littles meat world (laughs) i mean you're getting there 
It's it's not Meet the Littles. <laughs> no. It's it's <laughs> the Littles. Blank blank the Littles. Adventures of the Littles. No. Home, home of the Littles. No. Who are the Littles? Now you're just jeopardying. Yeah, I know. It's Newhart the Littles. It's sitcom and it's blank blank the Littles. Mm-hmm. Get wrecked the Littles. <laughs> <laughs> so, fuck off the Littles. <laughs> Tall Tale of the Littles. Tiny That's a good the Tall Tale of. <laughs> I added of the. Big Trouble the. in the Littles. <laughs> Big Trouble in the Little Littles. <laughs> That's what happens if they accidentally drink Ipecac. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. End of the Littles. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Blood feud, the Littles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. That would be intense. Mythbusters, the Littles. I'm not entirely convinced. Adventures of the Littles? No. I'm not entirely convinced that, like, the animation for the uncle in this movie, Uncle Augustus, I'm not entirely convinced that it's not just King Haggard. Willy Wonka, the Littles. Willy Wonka the Littles, yeah. Depressed guy, the Littles. <laughs> Can you give us a clue that will help us figure out what those last two... Do y'all, do y'all have any idea what we're talking about when we talk about no. the Littles? No, no, no. They're this little mouse family, like mouse-like family. Listen, this isn't going to get me any closer. You can describe your fever dreams to me all you want. <laughs> when you see what this is. something approaching... And Here you come want, the Littles. Hey, there we go. Okay, okay. I'm like, Here come the Littles. Poetry no. for cavemen. Or for you the Neanderthals. Absolutely the only person who has seen that movie. And Littles nice. is two syllables, so it wouldn't work in poetry that's for not, Neanderthals. That's not what I was poetrying. <laughs> also, if you guys haven't played that game, you should. Because you oh, get it's to bop somebody with a stick. It's a ton of fun. Currently, everybody's trying to get me to play Cult of the Lamb. What? Okay, are they trying to get you to play a game, or are they trying to get you to join a cult? I think you need to, like, seriously look into this before doing anything that involves the word cult. Have you guys not seen this game? Oh, no. No. No, Um, it it looks like the... It's a um, very cute little game where you maintain a cult. I have no further explanation. Well, this game was made for me, so... Yeah. Hold on. (laughs) At first, I thought it looked like Binding of Isaac type art, but but it's a little cuter. Guys, we have a podcast. We can can talk about this all day. (laughs) Oh. Okay. Uh, So, if you want us to be able to play Cult of the Lamb... Able is a two-syllable word. Start again. So skip. If, You're doing a haiku. If play, if if give alms to us, how, Al? <laughs> wow. All right. That's I... you can only say one syllable words. So like that's how I asked you how people could give us money. No, I got. Listen, I got the message. 
I just I never hey. thought you'd call me Al. Hey, you guys. Um, how many <laughs> syllables is the word fire? No, say it right. I did. Fire? Yeah, how many syllables is the word fire? Two, I think. Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. test that Get I heard here. was how many Get times... Get out of here. The, the test I heard was how many times does your chin go down is a syllable. I like that as a test. You know I what my know test what was? My fire. How many, how many syllables are in the word higher? That is spelled entirely differently. It <laughs> follows a different fucking... Oh, he hit me with a stick because I said fire. An inflatable tube. Let's be clear. I did not. That's part of the game. You, it's, when people it's, say two it's, syllable it's words, you get to hit them. Club yeah. that you blow up with your human mouth, um, or I guess an air compressor if you want. But that would probably pop. Or not. Or not human. So, the the part like first of all, this <laughs> broke down in a disastrous fight when we were going back and forth on how many. Because when Jenna says the word far, there's only one. Get out of here. Uh, So, but we were going back and forth because I said, you can't use that. That's a two syllable word. And then it swung around to my group's turn and my group said the word fire. And I did not take that time to call the same rule. And I thought Jenna was absolutely going to murder me. If that stick had been near me. (laughs) (laughs) Mm hmm. Oh, she was ready to end me. But fire definitely has two syllables. No, it's one. My chin. Fire. I watched it not go down. <laughs> the zoom lag. It's more of a directional change, really. Fire. <laughs> fire. Guys, guys, I love all of you so much. We have a podcast. We cannot just have them listen to our, like, no, we're fading out so hard, guys. We're so tired. We're so close. Alpha Alex turned into the monster from Young Frankenstein. (laughs) Fire bad. Fire bad. (laughs) Putting on the Ritz. Hey, speaking of monsters, can I talk to you guys about our metal horse barn? Yes, Mm -hmm. please. Fantastic. Uh, I would like to tell you that if you like monsters, and monsters to you means horses, then you can join our (laughs) our Patreon, and you can get a metal horse in our barn. And I would like to tell you about other people who have done this dark, dark trade. First of all, there's our three, our three monster horses. Moose John McGraw, Big Thick Martingale, and Beta Ray Philly. But also Nate. Nate is joined. I I don't. I'm not gonna say a cult because that's not what it is. Because there's so much free will going around. But he does have hot lava spaghettios. Philip D. Keating, Stevie Lake's boyfriend, has Iron Meriden. Steve, anonymous Steve. Sorry, don't let me dox him. Uh, God, that would be bad. He has Dale Donuts the Third. Matt Aylman, who I'm apparently going to meet soon, has Dime Bag. And Scott has Ronnie. Yeah. Alpha Alex. Yeet. Thank you so much for taking time to help us understand the world of unicorns and the arcana that goes along with that. I have so many feelings right now. One is rage at making fun of arcana. Uh, No, no. Okay, hold on. Uh, Last night on uh, uh, Animorphs Anonymous, I did make sure to say it that way, and I did make sure to remind all of 
the listeners to that show that that is how we are saying it now. Yeah, okay. In solidarity. Yep. But also, we took we extrapolated this to talk about a TV show that was called Arcane, which we changed yes. the name to Arcon. Arcon. Yep. So just. In support of Alpha Alex. I'm just feeling some <laughs> kind of way, because, like, guys, this has been so much fun, and I've looked forward to this, and I've enjoyed this so much, and, like, I don't know, I, much like how depressing the movie The Last Unicorn is, <laughs> I'm feeling some kind of way about this, this, this being the last time I'm here for this sprint. Well, we have greatly enjoyed having you here. Yes. But for the people who are now going to continue to find you, where are those places that they can find you? Well, uh, so you can find me physically in person in my human suit at Alpha Comics and Games at Willow Lawn, which is located in Richmond, Virginia. If you want to just hear my voice and fear the fact that I said skin suit and want to keep me at a safe digital distance, you can listen to me at Quid Pro Roll, which is a Dungeons and Dragons actual play that was a very serious campaign about dragons until my players happened. Weirdly enough, I'm not the one derailing us in that one. <laughs> Can I, can I can I also give a special shout out to the time that Jonah and I were the ones that derailed you? Oh yeah, because because we did that. We did we went. They so kindly invited us into the Twitch.tv slash Goblins and Growlers. I'm not saying that right, but they invited us so kindly there, and we did derail you so goddamn hard. It was beautiful, and it wasn't like I wasn't excited and ready for it to begin with. <laughs> As usual, I always prepare a very, very serious adventure and expect it to not remain that way. <laughs> it's good. It's good to manage expectations, honestly. But seriously, guys, this has meant so much to me. I've had such a good time and I'm so grateful you guys let me be here. No, we're grateful yeah, you came. We, yes. Yeah. We're the lucky ones, God damn it. Yeah, we are the lucky ones. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Anonymous Alex. All right. And this brings our podcast to an end, similarly to the way that Schmendrick brought an end to that cage for just a moment before it blinked back into existence. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Horse Girls. If you want to know when new episodes are posted or share your observations of this positively academic podcast, follow us on Facebook at Horse Girls Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Horse Girls Cast. If you want to buy some radical shirts and things, visit DuckDuckJenna.com, America's favorite search engine to search for one thing. All right, you want to take our relationship to the next level? I already told you, you can get a horse in the barn. But if you go to horsegirls.club or patreon.com slash horsegirls, you can also get a veritable plethora of things, like content. But most importantly, horses in the barn. If you want to find us on other podcasts, you can do that. If you like D&D, check out the Botch Podcast and Dungeons and & Draken Beams and Late Starters. And if you like Animorphs, check out Animorphs Anonymous. If you are betwitched by Jenna, check out Jenna's Twitch at twitch.tv slash jennachill with one singular l just the one not like the l on the shelf that has two you can't even see either l so i can't but i know it's there it does look like it says qua <laughs> it's got a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> jenna did say qua <laughs> what <laughs> we're so tired you guys <laughs> i'm so tired i'm so tired so tired of the lie of the two l's there is just a singular one
Go find the second L on Google. Do it, motherfuckers. If you, like me, can't get enough of Tim's beautiful voice, he's voice acted on such podcasts as The Way We Haunt Now, Tunnels, Haunted Hell, House of Horrors, and Horror Shop Radio. Now, if you think our episode art is hella cute, because it is, and it was created by KCD, who writes and illustrates a webcomic called Beside You, which you can read for free at besideyoucomic.com. May the nuts ever stick to your roof. Well, I guess I'm married to a Douglas fir now.